Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. So, Sarah, I have to confess to our listeners that this week's abbreviated show is totally my fault. Um, as I. Oh, well, slash the slash universe, universe. Yeah. throwing yeah. things on your plate. So, as I've been talking about. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, I. Um, I've had the very good fortune of selling my house twice <laughs> in the last two weeks. And um, that means that my first buyers bailed and we had to put it back on the market and then it sold again. But that meant that like 5,000 people times two were coming into our home and we were supposed to record the other day and I had someone in the house and then we were supposed to record another day and I was exhausted because I injured my back again. Um, <gasps> this time just taking off my clothes. This is what they say. Like these injuries, once you have them, they're very difficult to keep them at bay. And I think definitely with like all the activity that we've been doing and running around and all that kind of stuff, like I literally was just taking off my clothes and my back gave out. And so um, on top of like needing to be out of the house, I had to rest my back. Um, it's just been haywire. And so it was not easy for us to find time to record. So I will take full accountability for the fact that sometimes um, us delivering this show to you guaranteed every week means that <laughs> when we finally do get to record, poor Matt has like, you know, two minutes in order to put a show together and get it out to the to the world and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's on me this week. <laughs> but I'm feeling much better, both emotionally and physically, because we're under contract again. And my back is feeling much better. I feel like I know now not to push it, how to rest it, um, icing really helps. I know the supplements to take that help me feel better. We've talked about that on a previous show. So I feel like I've really honed it in. And this time, my back going out was kind of returned to almost normal within about four days and uh, maybe five. So that's huge because before when it was out, I was like out of work for two weeks. So that's positive news, I guess. You do have that, um, I got this kind of <laughs> tone in your voice. Like, mm -hmm. I got this. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot of sucktitude, but I, I'm on it. It's okay. I got it. I'm trying really that. hard to stay positive. I mean, I actually did like a Insta story set of things about it, and I got a lot of feedback from people, but I was just like, you know, universe, <laughs> like, I'm not your biggest fan right now. But I'm totally going to find the positive and going to put those positive vibes out and hope they come back to me. And um, we got a better 
offer on the house. Like it was more money and it's a family instead of a single couple, which I really like because our neighborhood is very family friendly. So all in all, I feel like that positivity did come back to me. So I'm just going to keep it positive and hope that we can find a house to buy before we have to move out of our house. I keep joking with Matt. I'm like, it's either we're never going to sell our house or the minute that we have a buyer, I'm like, okay, now we're going to be homeless because we don't have a house picked out. (laughs) Okay. I will continue to think positive, happy thoughts and send them your way. I do have to admit that as I, as I've been watching, you, you know, like I can see the, everything getting super busy and, and knowing that this will be a week where we do a sort of check in catch up type show. I can see that usually coming. And I have to admit a tremendous amount of relief (laughs) this week because, um, I, you know, I've sort of hit that crunch time where if I don't get the completed draft of Paleo principles to the publisher now, um, you know, we've got three months to the print date, which is an awfully short period of time to be going through all of the edits and design. And I've been turning it in like every chapter as it's ready for a few months. So they've been editing as I've been finishing the writing. So, you know, we've got a nice head start on that. It's not like I now have to wait three months for them to edit this beast and then turn it back around. I'm pretty sure the second I turn in the last few missing pieces, I'll be handed a few hundred thousand words <laughs> of, of worth of edits to go through. But, um, but I've been, you know, trying to be very mindful of self-preservation, but also pushing myself as much as I feel like I can while staying on the side of like not destroying myself um, to get it all done. So I finally got all of the science chapters, 42 science chapters, um, turned in Monday. And I am right now, um, probably there's like four chapters that are like, cookbook intro type chapters because this is like science plus cookbook all in one. Um, and I'm literally probably two hours away from being able to turn those in. And then, um, then I have maybe 30 recipes left to type up, but my recipes are done. So I just have to like type up those last 30 recipes. And then I actually have to do the meal plans. I have not done that part yet because I procrastinate because, uh, meal plans. I love meal plans. But actually, like, creating them for a book is so much work. And it's, it's so intense. So crazy. Um, so that's the part that I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'll just put that one off to the very end. And, of course, my excuse has always been like, well, I can't do the meal plans if not all the recipes are typed up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so maybe we could share with our listeners our personal techniques for keeping ourselves afloat both mentally and physically positive um when we've got chaos going on because i'm sure really good idea well some of our listeners might not have a bad back or selling their house or writing a book i know all of our listeners go through periods of chaos um so i'll start with one that i'm gonna steal so that you can't say it um so it's gonna be the best one too wasn't it it is i start Every day with a vital veggie smoothie. Um, I have quit coffee. I think I told you a couple of weeks ago that I was trying to wean myself off. And um, I mean, I'll occasionally have like a half calf or a decaf on the weekends to like enjoy it because I love the taste of coffee. But um, I have really, really been enjoying 
having a vital proteins, vital veggie smoothie with your vegetable collagen creation. Um, and I will put a plug out there that, um, while our vital proteins discount code is no longer valid, we had one for like two years. Um, and then finally we, uh, vital proteins was doing away with that system. Um, we do have a page on our website and on the blog, Matt, I'll put a link in the show notes on vital proteins of like recommended packages that we use now. And those packages are discounted. So it's kind of like the boxes that you and I do on one step mm-hmm. Hero shop, but I've put, you know, vital proteins products that we use um, together in some packages for people to get uh, a discount that way. So vital proteins, uh, vital veggies, collagen is in there. So if you're looking at the price tag and saying to yourself, well, I can't do that. Well, we've already explained why it's expensive. I will tell you that it has been a lifesaver for me to get off caffeine and to get extra vegetables in when we're running around and eating out because we can't be home or can't use our kitchen or whatever. So it's been a huge asset to me to, to have that available. I don't, I frankly, I don't know what I would do otherwise at this point, but, um, maybe some soup, like you can make a batch of soup on the weekend and then just have part of it, um, in the mornings. That's what I used to do. Okay. Your turn. Um, yeah, that was a really good one. Um, <laughs> I knew you'd I mean, say it if I didn't first. I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it would have been my first thing, but it probably would have been my second. So, um, I, I also, for me, it's it's such a time saver. To me, it's like um, I often have one for breakfast, and it's it's. I also have a cup of coffee. It's not replacing coffee for me, but it's it just means that I can. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm not having to prepare something, right, it takes uh, 20 seconds. Um, and it fills me up, like, really surprisingly, like, I, I wouldn't have thought, I don't think I can think of that few calories being that filling in any other format. And, um, and so for me, it's just a time saver. Like, it's, it's just like, I can have it for breakfast. And then I, I can get a few hours straight work in without even thinking about food, which is always a bonus for me. Um, but for me, one of the major things, um, and it's, it's a challenge. I, I really have to be, um, proactive on this one, but I have a non-negotiable bedtime and I've been pushing my, um, you know, I've taken a little bit away from my downtime and tried to figure out like, what's the minimum amount of time I need to wind down before bed so that I can sleep well. So I'm not destroying my sleep quality. Um, but I, you know, lights out by, you know, 1030 at the absolute latest every single night. And it's, it's just at that point, it's non-negotiable. And I try to have my light out by 10, but if I'm like really focused and I'm on a roll and I don't want to leave, that's what I'll, I'll push it to about 1030. But that's, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, with, um, the paleo approach, which was my, learning how to write a book book, um, you know, at this point in the, in the process, I was routinely working until midnight or 1am to, to get through that last bit of writing. And it's one of the reasons why I had full blown, you know, stage four adrenal fatigue when that book was done. Um, it's one of the reasons why when that book went to print, I woke up the next morning with pneumonia and was, you know, ill for seven weeks. Um, 
so, you know, I'm very, very mindful of um, how, you know, like I'm, I'm definitely trying to walk the line and I'm definitely pushing the limits a little bit. Um, but I just have this like, no, this is non-negotiable. Um, my workouts are also non-negotiable. Um, it is so tremendously important for my energy level. So if I've worked out in the morning, I'm actually way more focused for uh, writing or research or whatever it is I'm, I'm doing throughout the day, as is getting enough sleep. Um, and just so making sure that I have those two lifestyle pieces, even though they take they feel like they take time away from the my to-do list, but at the same time, they're both things that I find very, very energi- energizing, and I feel like I have more focus when I'm well-rested and I've been able to move my body, and so I'm more productive with the time that I have to work. So even if I have a little bit less time to work because I've dedicated some time to those things, at the end of the day, it's actually adding up to more things checked off the to-do list. So I would say I too um, have have been more focused on sleep, like especially with my back being injured. Um, that's non-negotiable for me as well. Like I have to rest, and if I don't, um, then it gets way worse. So I think that's a good one. Um, so I have actively had to keep the sugar monster at bay as well. Like I am a huge. Like my comfort when I am stressed, my body is like sugar will make you feel better. And I have to tell myself like, no, it won't. Um, So, you know, there are things that um, are that I really enjoy. So when I'm craving sugar, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to have those things instead. Um, And I don't want to get into that it's not paleo because I know it's not paleo, but um, sunflower butter does not work for me anymore. So I've been eating like a spoonful of peanut butter um, and it doesn't seem to bother me to each their own with their, their paleo template. It's not paleo. So if almond butter or coconut butter or whatever works for you, um, I find that that is like a helpful result to my craving, whether it's a combination of like, you know, fat and protein or whatever. Um, And I also will sometimes microwave bacon, um, but I almost always turn to tea with cream, Um, heavy, just heavy cream for me, or, you know, however you like your tea with coconut milk or plain or whatever. But um, I, I have um, become obsessed. I think I mentioned it before, actually, with a licorice cinnamon tea and i think like it's an he did mention it yeah it's like an anti-inflammatory first of all which is why i tried it because i was like whoa look two of my favorite anti-inflammatories together and um it's really luxurious it's really enjoyable and so i don't feel like you know when i'm like oh i would really almost like with cream it'd be almost like a chai tea yeah 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 it's amazing and and for me the thing that i usually crave is like ice cream and so putting a little bit of cream in the tea kind of satisfies that like i want dairy fix for me without it being nearly as catastrophic to my system um so, yeah, th- those are the three things that I find myself turning to most often is kind of like safe foods that satiate me um, or comfort me, so to speak. But I'm actively aware of what's happening and trying to, you know, not indulge in a way that will deteriorate my health. 
So I definitely have the same um, sugar cravings. Um, it's sugar cravings are one of the first things, first signs for me that my lifestyle stuff's not in place. So my sleep quality is not great. I'm not active enough, or I'm too stressed out, or I haven't spent enough time in nature. Like sugar cravings is the very, very first thing that happens. And I have a completely like different set of foods that I use. I mean, it's interesting. I, I you know, I remember. Uh, because I have a history of binge eating disorder and I, I remember reading an article about how bad it is to substitute eat, you know, like I'm craving ice creams, but I'm not gonna let myself have ice cream. So instead I'll have, you know, 1500 calories worth of popcorn or whatever it is like, and I, I can remember sort of reading that as being like, it's you in a way feeding the same part of the brain, but at the same time, substituting a healthier, option for me has actually been the thing that has made me successful at not sliding back into those really bad habits. So, um, so for me, fruit is often what I go to when I'm, I'm craving sugar. Um, and sometimes what I like to do, like when grapes are really good, I like to pick them off the stems and like freeze them in a baggie because, uh, frozen grapes or frozen mango, it's so sweet. And then it's cold, which also like slows me down eating them, which is good. But it, it sort of hits that ice cream button for me, this cold, sweet thing. Um, so fruit or frozen fruit is one of my go-tos. And then I always have um, like 85% dark chocolate in the house. And I have to be really careful because um, 85% is not sweet enough for me to fall down that slope. Um, but if I ever do indulge in a gluten-free cookie or something like that, then all of a sudden 85% does not satisfy the sweet craving anymore. It feels bitter. Um, and um, and then I'm, I'm sort of stuck in this like – the sugar cravings become so much more magnified. So if I can keep away from actual sugar, 85% chocolate, just like – even I would say half an ounce. So it's, it's not, it's not very much, but like that can feel very decadent. Sometimes I'll have that with, um, a palm full of, of macadamia nuts. So like the dark chocolate macadamia nut combination for some reason is, is pretty amazing for me. Um, but the other thing that I do really try to do when I'm having a lot of sugar cravings is up my protein with my meals. So that's another thing that I find just overall helps, I think just regulate metabolism, regulate hunger hormones, regulate you know, things like insulin and cortisols to, to up my protein. So I really start thinking about obviously still lots of vegetables, but I start centering my meal around a bigger portion of protein than I would necessarily have normally. Um, and that seems to be really helpful in just sort of keeping all of my eating habits. Um, let's say, um, intentional you know it's it's not necessarily still as clean as I would be eating if I wasn't in like crazy time book mode but at the same time it's still under control I'm still making conscientious choices there are choices in the context of you know I I, I feel I feel like I want a snack even though I normally don't snack or I feel like I want dessert even though I normally don't have dessert but I'm making good choices still within that sort of different sort of physiological situation than normal driven by things like stress. Okay. Do you want to go first on the third one? 
like I say, my, my, mine was like a twofer with the exercise and the sleep. Um, yeah. So I will go next. Cause I know this is something that you do <laughs> is I'm stealing it from you this time. I still make sure to have really focused quality time with my family every single day. Um, I still, no matter what the craziness that's going on, I still cuddle with both of my kids and spend some time with each of them separately at bedtime. Um, I still, you know, make, we still have family dinner night. We still, you know, we have dinner at the table every single night. Um, I'm still, I still, and I sometimes have to remind myself to be present and remind myself is, you know, you know, that part where like a kid can start talking and they don't stop and you're like, Oh, you're, you're never, this story is never going to end. You're going to be telling (laughs) me this story forever. Um, you know, there's this part of, of, of parenting where, where you're, you can get so distracted by everything else that those moments can just seem to drag on. But I find that if I could just sort of remind myself, like, my kid's not going to want to tell me these long involved stories in a few years. You know, like I, I've got this magic time right now where, um, you know, my kids think I'm cool and they think my husband's cool and they want to spend time with us. And, you know, they're, they're still interested in holding my hand as we walk down the street. Um, you know, and I, I just I try to really center myself and appreciate those moments. And that doesn't mean that I, I don't like sneak away to go work as, as soon as they're, you know, playing off by themselves happily and they don't need me around. Um, but, you know, when they are there and they're, um, you know, interested in engaging with me, I try very, very hard to um, be present and um, focus on them. And it's a really interesting brain break. So it really, um, you know, anything that I'm, you know, trying to work out or, you know, maybe I'm in the middle of researching a topic or, or maybe I'm trying to find the words for something. Um, and it's a really interesting, you know, I find it really hard to be focused on my kids and be thinking in the back of my head about, you know, my book or a blog post or an upcoming interview or whatever it is. Um, so when I return to that, I return fresher, even, even if I'm, you know, it's later in the day and I don't have a ton of energy, there's something about really dedicating my brain to a different activity. That's also really rewarding that really sort of refreshes me for when I come back to having to focus on something. Yeah, you're right. I totally do that. And you stole it from me, but that's okay. Cause I have, <laughs> okay. So the one thing that I would add about family to that is, um, we fo- I focus on skin to skin. Like I, I think we've talked before about the healing nature and the stress reduction that, you know, petting your, um, animals or, um, touching and hugging other humans can have. So, uh, for me, it's not just about spending time with people. It's well, people I love. Um, it's also <laughs> like being physically close with them, I think, um, helps. So snuggling and holding hands. And um, I put the lizard on my shoulder and I put the cats on my lap and we just hang out. Um, that definitely helps. So, okay. So my last thing, and this is new for me and it's something that I 
have to actively work on is to try to accept situations as they are. Like the biggest thing with this house situation and my back, the reason that I think they affect me so much is because I don't have control over them. Like there's absolutely nothing I can do. I can't force somebody to buy my house. I can't make houses that I like come on the market. I can't force my back to get better by sheer willpower. Um, so it's it's accepting situations as they are and then doing what I can to influence them in positive ways, finding positivity, you know, in, in the situation that I'm in so that I can accept it um, has been uh, the hardest thing for me, but also the most beneficial in terms of like being able to reduce my stress when I'm able to say, you know what, there's nothing I can do about the situation and I'm just going to focus on something else right now. Yeah, I think um, it's been one of the interesting things for me because um, even though I'm still within the realm of um, acceptable time frame for getting this book done, I mean, I certainly haven't had anybody say, oh, hey, we're going to have to delay it because of, you know, A, B, or C reasons. Um, but uh, one of the things that's happened for me is, is even though I've been, you know, I've had a lot of distractions with, you know, family or sick kids or other commitments or, you know, things like that over the last, um, well, it's, you know, I've been working on this book pretty solidly for almost a year, but, um, the last few months, you know, I was sort of aiming to have it entirely turned in by the end of March. And, you know, now it's like a whole month later and, um, one of the things that's been very different about it this time for me has really just simply been um, the fact that I, I feel like I'm taking it all in stride and I feel like um, I'm not trying to control the things that are beyond my control and I'm just trying to do the best with the situa each situation that I have as these situations come up. And um, I can't say that I necessarily – made a conscientious choice to, um, you know, let it roll off my back or, you know, how I don't have any particular mantra of, you know, this is not, you know, this is not something I control and I have to move on or whatever it is. Um, but it's been something that I think has just been the, um, I think it's, it's, it's just the sum of, working on three previous books, this is my fourth book. And it, it's, it's just reflecting that experience. And this, I think somewhere along the lines, I realized that the universe probably wouldn't come to an end if I missed a deadline. Um, and I'm, I'm still really like, are you I'm sure about that? Well, I'm mostly sure I, you know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a very, um, internally driven person. So I still, you know, I tend to set, um, deadlines for myself that are earlier than an actual deadline would need to be. So, you know, oh, well, that needs to be done by the 30th. So I'm going to try and have it done by the 10th, right? Like I'm, I'm that kind of person. Um, so it's almost like I'm setting myself these sort of arbitrary early deadlines, knowing that if something comes up that I've got that kind of built-in flexibility and built-in leeway. Um, but one of the things that's happened with, with this book is I think it hasn't just been about having built in, you know, having planned for um, things to come up and, and um, take time away from writing 
and and how to deal with it. It's more been um, just this real acceptance that, you know, I'm making this book as complete and thorough and useful and practical um, and and just, you know, amazing as I can possibly make it. And if I underestimate the time it's going to take, then that's just what happens. And it's more important for me now to have this book be the, um, you know, basically pinnacle of, of paleo resources that I'm trying to, to create. Um, that's more important than if it comes out September 5th, like it's supposed to right now, or if it comes out October 5th, like <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think a few weeks of re- on release date are going to matter if I can get that level of quality that I'm striving for. Totally. I was just kidding. Um, I know you were just kidding. I see. And the reason why is because or the, <laughs> I'm, I'm most, there's that, there's a little bit of doubt <laughs> in me at the back of my head that maybe the universe will. I know as you were, you know, as you like, were saying it, I was like, clearly she has not actually let go. <laughs> I, it's most, it's mostly let go, but there's still that little tiny thin thread of, well, hang on. Maybe it is a horrible, horrible thing. You know, I, I, um, when I wrote the paleo approach and I was at the same phase, um, I was, you know, doing things like, um, not going to social events or, you know, I missed my cousin's wedding, um, you know, because I, I, I couldn't take the time to tra- travel to it. And I look back on those decisions because it, you know, I felt so, I felt the, the in- really intense deadline pressure with that book. Um, and I look back on it now and I really regret some of those decisions. Like I really regret not going to my cousin's wedding. Um, and I think part of, part of the different attitude that I have now is having, I think, made choices that I would not make again with my first book. So, um, so perspective, right? It's, this is all, life is all one big learning experience. That it is. Well, hopefully we've given our listeners some ideas and um, it seemed like a more thoughtful show, at least, than just checking in to tell you that we're busy. Um, But we're thinking of you all and we will be back again next week, as always. And uh, we've even got show topics planned. (laughs) We do already. We know what we're going to do. It's going to be it's going to be a thing. It's going to be amazing. Um, But I always like it that you know, when we do sort of get into these situations where we just don't have the time in either of our lives to, you know, answer a listener question or, you know, interview a a paleo thought leader or um, dive into some nerdy topic or some super practical topic in in super detail. Um, I like it when we can still use our own experiences as you know, maybe just a starting point for people to figure out how to navigate their own lives. You know, it's not that everything that Stacey and I um, do that our strategies are necessarily going to be, you know, directly applicable to everyone else. But it, I'm hoping that even in this sort of catch up show that we've been able to at least provoke some thoughts in terms of, um, you know, managing the you know, multiple responsibilities that we tend to take on in our current culture and still have self-preservation as a major focus of our lives. 
And oh my gosh, I completely forgot because this is how crazy my life is. It's our seven year paleo anniversary this week. What? Happy yeah. anniversary. Thank you. Seven years is like seven's like a there's seven dwarves. There's seven <laughs> there's seven princesses. Isn't there seven princesses? I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna get the itch. Maybe I'm gonna go vegan now. There's the seven there's the seven year itch. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't imagine you going vegan. No, it's not um, going to happen. It's no. not. It's not a thing. No. Uh, but uh, oh, congratulations! That's a really like, that's a big deal. That's yeah. what I keep telling people is like, I've never done anything other than parenting. But right. you know, once you have kids, you're generally stuck doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really something you can just. Nah. The only thing I think I've done longer um, is keep a cactus alive. Because uh, I got that cactus uh, six months before Cole was born. I'm pretty proud of it. It's the only thing I've ever kept alive that long other than my kids. And now owned a home, one home longer than seven years. But I can't think of anything else either. It's a it's a pretty long time. So I guess I, I do have one house plant. It's a Hoya. See, not a, it's just one. I have right? one, like, it's one house plant that I have had since uh, the year 2000. So 17 years I've had this one. Oh, that's impressive. I imported it to America, <laughs> which involves to be here. getting a pre like agriculture screening before to get paperwork for the plant before we crossed the border. That's hardcore. It was it was a thing, and this was this one plant that I bought at IKEA of oh, all places. Sense. But it's a Hawaiian purple hoya. You can't beautiful. help what you love. And, um, so I guess there's, that's the, the one thing that I have done longer in my <laughs> life is, is own that plant. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I, I played violin for 11 years. So I guess that one's also when I did longer, but, uh, someday the paleo thing will beat all that. We'll get there. Yep. Well, congratulations. That's a big deal. Thank you. Well, thanks again for tuning in and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. And that was actually, I think, a really good show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to sound surprised or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But... But you are <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, just, 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 just a tiny you bit. You know, there's this thing that we used to do called off the cuff conversation that uh, a lot of people really enjoy. So I think sometimes when we do it, it's nice to get back to it. Um, yeah. So, so some like people who loved it loved it, and people who hated it stopped listening to the show. <laughs> <So> <laughs> was, we don't have to worry about that like, anymore. There would be lost those listeners who were just like, oh, man, I can't stand it when these two girls talk about whatever is going on in their lives. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.